0: basically performing like a DNA analysis, which, you know, was unheard of in the 80s. Parenting was much different 30 years ago than now, but with all the crap that Scott and T-Bob gets into, you'd think he'd have a tighter leash by now.
1: Um, You would think. Bruce runs in as we see the duo just waiting on a plan to come together. I guess they don't work for the A team. <laughs> <laughs> mask
2: cast. Yes. Select the mask agents best suited for this mission Jason G., DJ, movie
1: writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name Frontier. Wyatt B., e. Sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota.
2: Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command.
0: Welcome agents to Maskcast 59, which continues our season 5 stretch to review episodes 41 to 50 of the Mask Animated Series. Our focus in this podcast will be episode 44, Riddle of the Raven Master, which will include our usual play-by-play commentary and audio clips mixed in from the actual episode. We'll take a minute at the dramatic halfway point and at the conclusion of the episode to give our critique and rating using our 1-5 to 5 scale rating system. After we've given our review, we'll read back listener reviews and comments, as well as Reveal the results of our poll, which is posted at agentsofmask.com. As always, we cordially invite you to participate in each of our review podcasts by simply finding the maskcast assignment in the right-hand column of our website, in our email newsletter, or on our social media outlets. From there, you can vote in the poll and then use the comment section to leave your thoughts. You can also watch our Google Hangout recording session live or on our YouTube channel. And we typically post those links to the Hangout on our social media. We try to do that a few hours before we record the podcast so we can have people connect with us and send us questions or comments while we record. Riddle of the Raven Master was originally broadcast on November 28, 1985 in the United States. And features Vanessa Warfield and her trained ravens attempting to steal the crown jewels in London, England. To thwart Mask's effort to stop Venom, Slyrax plants a bomb in the famous Big Ben Clock Tower. So That's our episode for tonight. I am Jason, one of your hosts of MaskCast. And with me as always is my longtime friend and fellow co-host, the King Zar Khan to my witch Hagar. Wyatt, you defended any universes lately? Hang on, you old (laughs) witch. Would you get some kind of rubies that actually works right?
1: I guess that's how he talked.
0: Yeah. Now, we've done Voltron before, but I have a good reason, because I wanted to talk about the new series. Have you seen the trailers yet?
1: I have yet to do the trailer, and as much as a Voltron fan as I am, and I just posted Uh on our... AOM page here just not even a minute ago saying that uh, Mask is probably one of my favorites, if not the favorite with Voltron at a very, very close second. Um, I'm so eager to see what they do with this. I was a fan of both the vehicle and the Lion Force, although Lion seemed to be the predominant Voltron that seemed to cling around. Yeah. Um, but I want to see what they've done with it. I, If you know how much of a fan I am, there's certain things I pick out and there's certain loves that I have with '80s, and uh, if you follow, rediscover the '80s. Shameful plug here. Um, <laughs> uh, was it a year, maybe two years ago? It was the 30th anniversary of Voltron, and I posted a um, article. Yes, you Rediscover the '80s about it. Uh, I encourage you to go look for it. Voltron at 30, is I think what we titled it. But nonetheless, uh-huh. it was how it grew. And how we went from the old cartoon of the 80s and how it continues to keep plugging away. It seems to only have a small um, audience, a small series, rather. Mm -hmm. And then it fails or just disappears. There's not enough of a clinch. But I was still able to um, get the Form Voltron videos of each one that has come. So you had the Lion, the original Lion Force with the... I don't know if I captured the vehicle. I think I did. The vehicle force. And then um, in the 90s, I think maybe early 2000, they had a Voltron 3D that came out. And I actually liked that. That was very well done. They brought back some of the original voices for like um, uh, Keith and Lance. But then uh, the rest of them weren't were new voices. Um, they did bring back Prince Lotor's voice, a voice actor. And I forgive me, I don't remember the name of him. Then they came out with the new Voltron Force for... Was it... Who did that one? Uh, Cartoon Network. Nickelodeon?
0: Oh, Cartoon Network.
1: Yeah, Cartoon Network. Um, it Might have been Nickelodeon. But anyway, one of those two uh, was able to get it. And they did a kind of a mix between 3D and animation, whole new design, uh, it actually resembled more like lions, not like the boxy mm-hmm. lions that we had back in the 80s, they actually had the, the different style lions. Uh, it was actually pretty decent, uh, it wasn't Lion Force, but I still had the Chivers go up my spine every time they did uh, the Let's Form Voltron, because mm-hmm. they actually brought back the original 80s theme music when they did the transformation. It was great. Only lasted a season, just like the Voltron 3D, and now we got this one. And I'm really hoping that Netflix is able to capture us and and keep it going a little bit more than one season. I really like for that. I, I, I want to really see who they have for a cast. Like, uh, I'm sure they'll keep the same names, but like, are they going to have King Zarkon, Prince Lotor the whole new evil what is it and maybe you've seen the trailer you've seen what it is and i apologize i'm i'm still i have i've made this excuse but it's really a ap- more of an apology than an excuse where i work they have a proxy server basically it filters out just about everything so my facebook is going at the warp speed of dial-up so, <laughs> logging on and i don't have time at home i Jason knows this. I've had so much drama. My radiator blew out on me on my freaking van, um, so I've been doing that work as well as an air conditioner at the house. So you can do the fiddle me thing that you know, <laughs> but it's one of those days and years.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm really excited for it's called Voltron: Legendary Defender, done by DreamWorks Animation, and. The first 13 episodes will be posted on June 10th. I have, I think it has a real chance to get a second season, just because they're doing, they're planning to do a comic book based on the series beginning in July to run basically in between seasons of the show. So, uh, Lion Forge is running these comic books. I don't know, probably at least through the end of the year, I would think until they get a second series or second season of episodes up on Netflix but i don't know i think netflix is a great place to be for the show instead of just broadcast tv or cable television so you're getting you can consume the episodes you know how you want to you can just binge you know through all of them which i might actually do the show looks really cool they changed one name of the one of the characters I think they changed uh, Sven to something else. I can't remember. Uh, but in the last, I saw, I've seen two trailers, I think two full-length trailers they've released. The last one showed a lot more. It showed uh, King's Zarkon and Witch Hagger. Uh, it showed a, an awesome transformation sequence. Let me tell you, if the old stuff gave you shivers, I was getting shivers on this one. Um, Really, really detailed and intricate with the pieces interlocking and the lines coming together. Uh, It wasn't the full sequence, but it was really
1: cool. looked really cool. That's what I really appreciated about the the Voltron force that Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon, one of them, did this last iteration. Mm -hmm. It was slightly different in, in the fact that if you remember the 80s, they had basically the tails on the arms, the shoulders, Actually, were the connectors, right. whereas in the Voltron Force, uh, the Black Lion's arms were basically the, now the connectors. The tails had nothing okay. to do with any connection whatsoever. Basically, it was just like the leg; they just sleeved into the the red and green lions, and they got really detailed. Uh, not so much like the pins or anything like that. I don't know if they did that with with uh, this the trailers for this new one, but it was a lot more detailed than what we had. Back in the 80s, so um, yeah. But like I said, when when well, when the first iteration of Voltron Force came out, they had their own theme song, and that was, and they all had their own little connection theme. And I think the seventh or eighth episode in, they figured out something, or they wanted to give us something reminiscent of the original Voltrons. So they cued in the original theme music, and oh. man, I'm uh, first time I heard that, I'm folding laundry. And doing it, I'm like, <laughs> and I, I the whole my head, you know, it shouldn't do this. this is a freaking cartoon, right? I'm a four year old man doing this, and here I'm the hair is standing on end, going, "This is so awesome!" Holy cow! And I, I just dropped whatever I was doing, and just stared, you know, wow, that's so cool. Just <laughs> the music. I could care less about the transformation. Yeah,
0: I, mean, you, anyway. I don't think they used the original music on this one, but. Uh, you need to go check out the
1: trailer. I think you're going to like I, it. I'm going to do that right after this recording. <laughs> it's Friday night. I can stay up a little bit later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's uh, let's put uh, Voltron back in the castle, so to speak, or in the cave, wherever you want to put the line. And uh, let's get our mask on. Get your mask on. Well, first of all, let me congratulate you, Wyatt, on the birth of your son Ryan that was part of the reason that you've been quote unquote unplugged for a while so uh
1: it was a major part of on that yeah. <laughs> like visitor after visitors so, which didn't help um we did a recording session not too long ago what was it last week
0: uh for masscast that was a couple weeks ago
1: a couple weeks okay time flies yeah. but anyway so I was stuck in a little in well, my son's room trying to do it Uh, (laughs) semi-quietly but yeah it's been a too long guests and babies and uh, like i just said air conditioner broke van broke but it got me a good chance to get my old truck out you know what's hilarious is uh, and you'll you'll appreciate this jason you know about the truck so i hadn't run it for maybe a good three months and i'm sitting there in the back of my head going you know what it'd be nice to get old red out and take it for a spin. And guess what happens? I've been taking a first spin for two weeks now. <laughs> Waiting on a new radiator. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I love that truck, but, you know, 10 miles to the gallon kind of sucks. <laughs> and that's a trying to work it out. Uh, I was down to five, so I have done something right. <laughs> I'm going in the right direction. I just don't know how far in the right direction I can go. Growing up, I could touch 15 with it, so I, well, I'm trying to get there. I got five more to go. Just don't know where that five went went away from.
0: Gas <laughs> well, prices aren't quite as bad as they were even a year ago, so
1: no, but so you can get away
0: with it for a while.
1: Yeah, it's not too bad. I, my work is luckily very, very close, so I can still go about a week ish uh, on a tank, so it's not too bad, but. And I love hearing the old glass packs, you know, <laughs> running around. But uh, yeah, I do miss, even though the my van kind of sucks on gas gas mileage, it's still a lot better than this thing. <laughs> but uh,
0: well, congratulations on the sun. And uh, there's been a lot going on, and yes. we tried to uh, try to get on when we need to. But uh, I mean, just over the last couple months, it's it's an exciting time to be a fan. Uh, but we hope everybody's listened to our uh, mass cast chat shows about the new comic book series. And then, you know, we got to interview Mike Quackenbush and his little effort there to, to do the comic book series and showcase some of his original concepts and art uh, on the website. That was really fun. We got a chance to talk with uh, Eric over at Boulderhill.net when that official press release came out about the comic series. So We've been trying to stay on top of things. It's exciting, like I said. Um, I mean, in light of Hasbro's uh, Cinematic Universe announcement and all that, I've been planning to actually dig a little deeper into some of the other properties like ROM and Micronauts. I was out for free comic book day earlier this month and picked up the new ROM, number zero, actually they called it, um, because that was one of the freebies. And then uh, I, I found an actually an old Micronauts from the 80s. I think it was uh, 84 that issue. So I'm going to dig a little deeper, try to do a little history on that. We might get together maybe next month with uh, some of our friends and, and try to hash out how maybe all this is going to fit together. Like I said, I'm hoping they'll give us a little hint of the visionary soon and then maybe. Towards the uh, the end of the year, we'll see uh, G.I. Joe announcements as well, and we can all kind of fit those together. But uh, just wanted to say a quick thank you to our followers and new followers. It seems like uh, word has gotten out about masks return, you know, across the Internet, and we are adding new people to our community, it seems like, every day. Yeah. We've had some amazing growth to the website stats uh, March of this year especially. I think that was our biggest month ever as far as uh, page views by like double uh, any of our other previous months. <laughs> so just very excited to see, continue to see what the hopefully the summer holds and going into the fall when the, the new comic book series comes out in November. Um, really trying to keep that momentum up and we've made contact with the comic book series writer uh Brandon Easton um it seems like he's tagging us in some stuff when he's out and about on Twitter at some of these conventions and signings and stuff so that's really cool that he's uh trying to plug in and um get uh, fans on board and their opinions and he's responding so it's really cool that uh that he's communicating you know with the fans as this new comic book comes out. I do invite people to go over to um it's called NerdforA dot com. I think it's dot com, maybe dot net. Uh they do a podcast and they just interviewed him I think it was uh this week. And I listened to that. I posted the link up on Facebook and on Twitter. So uh go listen to that and uh, maybe we can get Brandon on the show. I I wanted to I didn't want to hit him right away because <laughs> I knew there would be a lot of people probably on him to do interviews and such so maybe going to wait a little bit maybe if there's any more information released then uh when we get him on the show we'll have a lot to to discuss and maybe even reveal some new stuff you know right but he has given lots of hints lots of where he's coming from Unfortunately, there's no Scott and T. Bob. I don't know. Some people might be rejoicing about that.
1: (laughs) Uh, They are a pain. I like them. It's 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 part of the show.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a tough transition. I know. So hopefully, uh, the uh, apologist for the duo won't take it too personal when they don't see him in the comics. But um, interesting the way the approach he's going to take and. From the the uh, Nerd for a Living show, he uh, said they're going to do some really cool things with the vehicles as far as modernizing. He wouldn't go into, into detail at this point. He, they said maybe in the fall we'll see some concept art and stuff of the vehicles. But it seems like that original cover that was released with the press release there is not going to be what we see in the books. So... It'll be interesting to see where he goes with it and I'm I'm excited, you know, it may not be 100% what I want, but the fact that we're getting more mask stuff that's official is really cool. So we'll be keeping keeping an eye on that. And one quick shout out to one of our listeners, John Trigonis, I want to say, hopefully I didn't screw that up too much John on one of our podcasts. I just wanted to read back. He says uh I have to say, I really appreciate how deeply you dive into all things Mask, even down the talk of the rights for the using the car models in the comics, which is something I wouldn't have realized had I not been reading things at Agents of Mask and now listening to MaskCast. I've been working on my own book about the cartoon and toy line, and you guys have been a huge resource for understanding how the deeper business of things works. So, that sounds really cool. It sounds like he's working on some kind of uh, like uh, visual history or encyclopedia type, you know, book um, about the cartoon and toy line. I hope at least that would be my guess. If it's not, John, you can uh, always message us back and give us a little more details about the book, but i um, glad you're listening to the show and glad you enjoy the website. And, uh, I think it's uh, about time that we, uh, get the show started and, uh,
1: Head across the pond. And that sounds like it's a good cue to start the cast. We quickly fade up on London. We are quickly glancing at the familiar landmarks such as the London Bridge and Big Bend before we cut to a ceremony with Alex, Bruce, Scott, and T-Bob all in attendance. And all except T-Bob are dressed in tuxedos. And it's because Matt is being awarded at the House of Lords as Honorary Knight of the British Empire.
2: Good show, Matt. Bravo. A man's greatest honor comes not from what is written on paper, but in his heart. And, (laughs) of course, Scott
1: asks him to decipher that one. And Matt steps in and says that he just means that it's a man's deed speaks louder than words. Alex interjects that not everyone agrees... As a swarm of ravens swoop in, attacking the London guards. Look!
2: Dad, those ravens are attacking! Not if we can help it. Let's go! Get away from our uniform, you crazy birds! As Mask
1: runs over to help, the ravens all flee. Surveying the damage on one of the guardsmen, Bruce says that the birds have beaks as sharp as spikes. Well, Scott grabs a feather and says it'll make a great souvenir. Uh, <laughs> I guess it really did set the tone a little bit what this is all about, but i was i guess even though we didn't have much of a clue, I didn't read into it. I was thinking that might be a clue Raven we might be introduced to Raven yeah. but <laughs> that would have been uh,
0: would have been nice yeah,
1: but uh, no. I was disappointed but uh nonetheless it kind of set up the scene a little bit, but I was still waiting for something else to come out of this. I guess it was just a quick something happened attack. And then now we've moved on uh, to the next scene. What was your thoughts?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I like the, the shots in the beginning, all the landmarks and how they set up the episodes. And they've done this several times throughout the series where they're establishing where exactly they're at in the world. And I really like that when they take the time to show the landmarks and, and all that just to know where we're at. And then, I I don't know the, the drama you want to call it drama (laughs) of the birds attacking the guards. Uh, I was like, okay, (laughs) didn't really, uh, you know, didn't really do much or didn't really impress me too much, but, uh,
1: yeah, it was kind of good. Anyway. Different. Yeah. So that we cut immediately to the team being uh, traveling in a horse drawn carriage.
0: Yes, and uh, as they go through the city, Scott is enjoying the sights.
2: London is something else Trafalgar Square, Piccadilly Circus. Oh, I didn't see any clowns in that traffic circle. Some people would call it a circus anyway. Wouldn't you say so, Matt? I still can't understand why those ravens attacked the yeoman border and no one else. And Alex remembers
0: a legend about the ravens and the Tower of London. As Scott likes how this mysterious story is going, uh, the Sir Chadwick that was at the ceremony says he'll have to meet the raven master when they get to the Tower of London. Uh, Now, at the tower, the raven master tells Scott that the legend says if the ravens leave the tower... The British Empire will fall. And Scott notices that the ravens can't fly. And the master tells him that the secret of keeping the empire safe is that they can't fly.
2: Then it couldn't have been the tower ravens who attacked that yeoman warder at the ceremony. Those airborne ravens are a bad omen. Birds of a bad feather flock together. Someone trained those birds to attack the yeoman warder. You're right,
0: Bruce. Bruce. Matt wishes they had some clue to unlock the mystery, and here comes Scott. He uh, shows Matt the feather that he picked up after the attack, and Matt tells him good work. So right after this scene, we first get a look at uh, Venom in their hideout. Mayhem and Vanessa are looking on as the Ravens are attacking a uniform on this pedestal. And, of course, our buddy Rax, he's uh, taking a nap on the couch.
2: Direct hit again, Vanessa.
0: Hunt and attack.
2: Shut those birds up, Vanessa. They've been keeping me awake day and night. I can't sleep.
0: (laughs) This was fun. This is why I like, you know, Rax and Vanessa being in the episode together. Rax tells Vanessa to shut those birds up that they've been keeping him awake day and night. And she tells him his snoring keeps them awake. (laughs) She commands the ravens to come home, and they land on her shoulders. Well, Rax then jabs that he always knew Vanessa was for the birds, as he rolls over to go back to sleep. And then Vanessa quietly plants some food on him and tells the ravens to hunt and attack. And of course... Rax starts flailing about as the birds uh, are all around him and Mayhem sternly tells him to control himself.
2: You know those birds are the key to the success of our plan? We didn't need those little squawkers, I...
0: That's better, Rax. Didn't my little darlings prove themselves at that stupid ceremony
2: today? (laughs) And so quote the ravens nevermore.
0: So we get a little idea about the plot here. They're training the birds for uh, some, some big plan at this point. And uh, I don't know. I <laughs> I still wasn't really, I guess, impressed with, uh, with where this episode was going, but
1: same here. I, this um, it hasn't, ca- it didn't capture me much throughout this whole episode. And it wasn't catching yeah. me now. But that takes us to Mask, where it seems to be that they are on tour. With the tour leader states that there may be ghosts. This piques Scott's curiosity with T Bob acting surprised. Fancy that.
0: (laughs) Right. Scaredy cat.
1: The guy turns a lamp and opens a passage behind the fireplace, which was a stupid thing to do because you got a kid there. He's very curious. (laughs) And he states it was recently discovered, but not welcome to visitors. So then he turns the candlestick and it slides back into place. And of course, the very curious Scott <laughs> wants to go take this opportune moment and he just grabs T Bob and they open the passage and.
2: Where's your spirit, T Bob? Don't say that word. They may be listening.
0: Well, I initially thought that it was all of the mass team on this little tour of the tower. And so I was like, where's Matt? Why didn't he notice they were gone? You know, <laughs> Matt being a bad parent. Well, come to find out after I rewound the, uh, <laughs> or went back a, a few, you know, a minute or so, I noticed that I just dropped them off there. And Matt and Bruce and Alex were... I guess back at the hotel.
1: Right, and that's something I had to do too. I had to, I thought, I guess I presumed that I saw Matt there with yeah. Scott and T-Bob. But like you, I rewound it to see. and like, I, I guess they weren't there. They just did the <laughs> typical drop the kid off and go work. Yep. But nonetheless, Scott pushes T-Bob into the passage, and they begin their exploration of what, to me, looked kind of like catacombs. Uh, just mm-hmm. with all the cobwebs and stuff hanging about. We now hear the th- military-like theme fade up into our next scene as we make our transit into the Mask Hotel suite. Uh, Matt is using the laptop to analyze the feather, and it displays a red hair.
2: Here's what we've been waiting for.
0: Primary subject confirmed. Raven
1: feather. Secondary subject attached. Human hair. Color Red.
2: Whoever is behind that attack is no Ravenhead Beauty. I don't like the sound of this. Scan the files for possible identification.
0: Identification confirmed. The hair belongs to Vanessa Warfield.
2: Venom. They're probably after the crown jewels, Matt.
1: Bruce asks, aren't they stored in the tower and protected by human soldiers? Matt confirms it and also states that Scott and T-Bob are there right in Venom's view. So Matt attempts to radio Scott, but is unable to because of the supposed thick walls.
0: Let me stop you there for a second, because I really thought the, essentially the technology in the scene was really good and, and, and ahead of its time. I mean, they're basically performing like a DNA analysis, which, you know, was unheard of in the 80s. And then you know, the transmission not being able to go through the thick walls, it sounded more like they were talking about a cell phone signal or something. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, radio transmissions are the same way where they can't get to well, confined just spaces. That, uh, but
1: you know, FM frequency really typically can't seem to pass through a, a tunnel or, or a mountain tunnel right. or whatever, but AM seems to do it.
0: Right. So. But the, uh, the analysis I thought was really cool.
1: Yeah, it was actually very good. That, that was more uh, mask like, is probably the right term with their technology. Yeah. yeah. But Alex en- ends up concluding that it is the walls, that they may be too thick. Matt, now looking out the window, says that they must find them before Venom comes home to roost. <laughs> then we are taken back to the cavern where we see T Bob hung up. With all the cobwebs, while Scott peers through an opening in which he is able to see the tour. It took me a minute to figure out what he was looking through. Because all you okay. see is this, this concrete or cement wall, block wall, and you see an opening like a square. Yeah. And then when we get to the other side, we then see Scott is looking out through eye holes. Uh, of a painting as the tour guide just continues to rattle on his speech. They say his ghost still lives on in this room.
2: Let's give them their money's worth.
1: Scott has this grand idea, which is actually kind of awesome. It was, I, I actually it was had fun. Scott here. It was fun. Yeah. He has the idea to give them their money's worth as T-Bob frees himself. So Scott begins to chant, ooh, 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 as he's it on top of T-Bob's head, which is awesome. (laughs) The tourists gasp in fear with a few running up the stairs or out of the room. Uh, Then the tour guide kind of talks to himself and says, he's a bit early today as Scott grabs some chains and starts shaking them. And that was actually actually pretty good. Uh, Someone – that was clever. I'll give him that. And then –
0: Scott's pulling practical jokes on T-Bob a lot, so it's – was definitely no stretch to see him do something like this.
1: No. Then T-Bob walks away and leans up against the opposite wall as Scott tells him to come back.
2: Come back, T-Bob. Two ghosts are better than one. You can shake, rattle, and roll all you want. I'm getting out of here before the real ghost shows up.
1: Scott ends up getting his sweater stuck on this hook, and he's flailing about. He kicks a nearby chair into a set of armor, which then uh, battle axe begins to fall towards Scott, and T-Bob screams, "Scott, watch out! The axe! And that leads us to our dramatic commercial break. <laughs> I'm going to give the team and see where you think okay. this is, because. I'm not well, feeling the love right here. That's the best way to put it.
0: No, I mean, it was decent for the first half of the episode. I mean, it was mostly uneventful. A little heavy on the Scott and T-Bob side for me, and of course, the drama at the break was more just clumsy than anything. Exactly. So it felt it felt more manufactured than natural or if they were actually in a battle with venom or something and you know, something's going to happen. Somebody's in real danger. It's just kind of like, uh, (laughs) Scott just happened to kick a chair into a suit of armor and this ax is coming towards him while he's snagged up on this hook. So uh, anyway, I did, I did like his little scare trick and that was fun. And, you know, like the like I said, the DNA test on the hair—that was really good tech for the time. Um, we had yet another instance of Matt ditching the duo to work, which of course leads to mischief. You know, we've gotten uh, we've gotten several times, and of course, yeah, parenting was much different 30 years ago than now. But with all the crap that Scott and T-Bob gets into, you'd think he'd have a tighter leash by now. Um, you would
1: think, but. They did do one thing right, and uh-huh. that they didn't dump them off on the side of the road. Well, or anything like yeah. that. You know, at least they didn't do that. They left them off at least in a museum rather than what seems to be a recurring theme. You know, yeah, the PSA <laughs> did not do something. What do they do? Dump off the kid in the middle of nowhere. Yes. We'll see you later. Go back to the hotel. And-
0: Wait here while we take care of business. Yeah. 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 But anyway, I'm as far as a rating goes. uh, I've I've got to move it down to about a three and a half or four at least uh, from our starting point of five. Um, Like I said, it wasn't. It just was not. I don't know. It was not exciting.
1: I want excitement. To sum (laughs) it up, because I'm right with you. I got three point five. There's no love for a four. Um. (laughs) There's not a lot of mistakes, so I can't falter for mistakes.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that was nice, but still. They, I, they were starting with the puns a little bit, too, and I was like, oh, geez, here we go.
1: The puns were okay. They weren't driving me nuts yet. I liked what they did at the beginning. We got to see a very quick, but we got to see the detail of the London sites. The ghost reenactment was fun. And that's about all I got. Um, yeah, I didn't make that, that, too many notes
0: other than those couple things.
1: There was just, I, I get like I said, like you said, I wasn't drawn into it. This dramatic commercial break was not that dramatic, so I almost middle of the road, but I'm giving it just a slight hair above just to see where this yeah. goes. But there, I don't know. I might go lower <laughs> yet. Maybe we'll talk this out.
0: Yeah. Well. Let's uh, let's get back into the episode. After the break, T-Bob grabs a shield and bowls it <laughs> like he would a bowling ball towards Scott to deflect this axe. And Scott, which I thought was kind of funny, he checked his head to make sure it's still on his neck there <laughs> and attached. And he thanks T-Bob for saving him from having a pain in the neck. And T-Bob makes a crack about a... Collar, I can't remember something about a collar. And
1: uh, uh, it'd be too tight around the collar.
0: Yeah, anyway. And uh, then they run off down the tunnel. They take a wrong
2: turn. This isn't the way out. We're lost. I was afraid you were going to say that. I'll call Dad. Scott calling Dad. Come in, Dad. These walls must be as thick as your head. You're not getting through.
0: Scott tells him the passage must lead somewhere. And they just run off again, trying to find a way out. And then we are taken to the Big Ben clock tower. Uh, Inside, Rax is affixing a bomb to the bell.
2: Hurry up, Rax. Time is
0: wasting. Shut your beak, Vanessa. I have to set this thing right. Then they kind of both chuckle for a minute, which I'm not sure why. But uh, I, I guess they were just laughing at what they were doing. And Rex says... Yeah, it was says, more like
1: a joke laughter. Like, the total joke. I mean, that's what threw me off. I'm like, yeah. what the heck was that?
0: Rex says that the bomb will keep them busy while they finish their business. Uh, Scott and T-Bob now appear from the tunnel directly below Vanessa and Rex there at Big Ben. Scott sees them and shushes T-Bob as he tries to run away. He says they'll need to find out what Venom is up to. Well, above now, Vanessa tells Rax to hurry up again, and Rax is complaining he can hardly stay awake from his lack of sleep because of Vanessa's ravens. Scott overhears now and knows that they're behind the tack at Matt's ceremony. Rax finishes with the bomb, and Vanessa then says they need to hurry back now. Mayhem and my ravens are waiting And so are the crown jewels. Let's go. So Scott and T Bob hide underneath the staircase as Vanessa and Rax scurry away. And T-Bob's complaining now that his heart is ticking way too fast from all this. And Scott says, You don't have one. It's the bomb ticking that Rax planted, and they need to call Matt. So back now with the uh team, they are uh, at the, uh, the tower looking for Scott and T-Bob.
1: Right, and they're standing beside Thunderhawk, like you said, um, just can't find our dynamic duo. Matt says that, according to Sir Chadwick, they ducked from the tour guide and left quicker than a ghost.
2: Then perhaps they went on to other sightseeing and are out of danger. I hope you're right, Alex, because Venom's feathers are about to start flying around here. Let's go.
1: Just as Matt says, let's go. Scott radios in with uh, Matt acknowledging and Bruce and Alex walking closer to Thunderhawk to listen in. We're then taken inside Big Ben where Scott, it's kind of a back and forth scene between mm-hmm. sets. where we see Scott telling Matt about rags and Vanessa planting the bomb on the bell. And he says, we're in this tower near the parliament and it's set to go off at high noon while they steal the crown jewels.
2: Parliament buildings? That's Big Ben. You and T-Bob leave there faster than a second hand and go back to the hotel. I'll send Bruce to defuse the bomb. Alex and I will wait here for Venom. Over and out.
0: Nice to volunteer, Bruce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess uh, since he's the tech guy.
1: He is, so maybe that's why. Um, I guess yeah. when you... It, it is kind of like a... I'll call it a military regime, I'll call it, a little bit, because there, it, there has to be some kind of order. You just can't go... Uh, who's got the bomb diffuser techniques? You. Okay, you go. So, so anyway, Scott worries that Bruce won't get there in time, so he needs to do something. T-Bob asks what he's going to do. Scott says that he'll, he'll do something. Just give him time. And of course, T-Bob replies that they have no time. We now cut back to Manta and Piranha rolling up alongside with uh, Switchblade hovering overhead. Vanessa opens the hatch on Manta, releasing the Ravens. Rax rides in with the ravens while Vanessa is running down the hallway, which didn't make sense at all. Anyway, Rax uses the lasers on Piranha to blast a hole in the wall.
0: Go, my pets. Hunt
2: and attack!
1: Bruce and Rhino have just pulled up outside. And they say that he sees no sign
2: of Scott or t bob Good. They went back to the hotel. Take care of the bomb. We're taking care of Venom. Mask.
1: He called down the mask. Love this. There's a command. It's about time. You mm-hmm. actually see the mechanism release, uh, at least from Alex's. I don't know if he caught it. Do you see the... I did. I did mechanism. see that. So I, yeah. I like that. Bruce runs in as we see the duo just waiting on a plan to come together. I guess they don't work for the (laughs) A-team. T-Bob then states that it's too bad. They can't stop time. And, of course, Scott says, that's it. Follow me. And, of course, (laughs) T-Bob says, me and my big metal mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They end up running up the stairs where they open a door and are now standing out on, I'll call it a balcony. There's not much of one, but it says a balcony above the clock face. Right. With the wind blowing, which was great to see the animation and the, and the howling of that.
0: Yeah, it was good. And then when they peered down over the side through this door, they did a nice, like, focus and out of focus shot of the ground below and a few cars that were down below. Really good uh, shots there.
1: Right. They give that kind of dizzying effect. Right. Yeah with T-Bob stepping back saying, you don't expect me to go out there, do you? <laughs> and of course, now we have fear mode engaged. And um, he certainly adds that he just won't do it. And of course, Scott smiles and T-Bob continues to back away.
0: Yeah, and then we see uh, Scott is now lowering T-Bob.
1: Ooh, what am I doing? Keep stretching,
2: T-Bob. You've got to reach the minute hand. Oh, I can't. Oh, I'm not a piece of bubblegum.
0: Well, what happened to his Inspector Gadget arms? Exactly. <laughs> We've seen it in other episodes where he's used he did
1: it two or three
0: times—arms uh, so and legs, I believe—but uh, uh, apparently, he doesn't have that function anymore. And uh, as he tries to stretch to grab the second hand, Scott now falls out of the window, and T-Bob uh, quickly grabs the minute hand as uh, Scott is now hanging by his legs (laughs) from the clock. We cut back over inside the uh, palace. Vanessa and Rax are busting open the doors, and the Ravens attack the guards. They run off, and Rax exclaims that the crown jewels are now his for the taking.
2: Stiletto on!
0: Well Now we're taking back outside uh, the sky above where Mayhem is lowering a cable with a hook on the end from Switchblade. Rax then attaches a bag to the hook, which presumably holds the jewels. And I thought that was odd that he gave him the Mayhem. You know, there's been times where I think it was uh, Caesar's sword where he kind of ran off with the treasure for a minute or two.
1: Michael, he said... The way he said, you know, these are my jewels. Or yeah, something
0: like he just freely gave them to Mayhem there. So that was a little out of character for him. But um, Thunderhawk now pulls up with Matt leaning out the window to fire Spectrum Laser, no voice command, to cut the cable in half. And Mayhem announces that Mask's presence is there as Rex quickly grabs the bag that dropped and he hops on Piranha to escape. Switchblade fires now at Thunderhawk as Vanessa and her birds climb into Manta. And then now we see Thunderhawk is on uh, Piranha's tail.
2: There's our bird man now. We've got to recover the jewels before he gets away.
0: Duh. Uh, (laughs) Thunderhawk converts as Matt says he has just the plan. Of course he does. He always knows. We are taking right back atop Big Ben. Now Scott and T-Bob are screaming for help as they continue to hang from the minute hand inside. Bruce now hears their cries, and he finds them. Scott tells him that he has to remove the bomb from the clapper mechanism. And Bruce pretty much ignores him and asks how they would like to fly like the wind.
2: I just hope we're not gone with the wind. I already feel like clock Gable.
0: I was rolling my eyes. And I might have slapped my head at one point on that one. To wake up? (laughs) Just with the puns. But um, anyway, now we get right back to Thunderhawk. And uh, Switchblade is shooting its lasers now behind at Thunderhawk as he continues to pursue Piranha. So there's kind of a, a little battle going on here and a chase. And then we see Manta come on scene.
2: Vanessa's off her mark today.
0: And Vanessa shoots the three missiles from her hood. And, but they pretty much all miss uh, the mark. Thunderhawk then swoops overhead. He opens the bomb bay doors and drops these bombs on the tower, which explode and send these large boulders on top of Manta. And when they hit Manta, the hatchback then opens and the Ravens fly out and now, amazingly, are attacking Rax on Piranha. This whole sequence was just wrong for me, okay? Yeah. First, you know, why would Matt destroy a structure, uh, more than likely an old structure, a meaningful structure, just to get Venom? It was essentially out of character. You know, I can see them... You know, we've seen Bruce take boulders off of mountains and put in Switchblade's way or something, you know, and they, Venom's always the one that, like, destroys stuff, and stuff starts falling on them. And now it was kind of a role reversal, and I don't know. Matt doing that just didn't seem right to me. And then the birds catching up to Rex so quickly, he was, you know, speeding ahead. And why would they attack him in the first place if they're trained to <laughs> just attack these uniforms from the guards?
1: Right, I saw um, that too.
0: I just that that whole little sequence there was just threw me out of the episode. But anyway, so we get back now to Rax on the bike, and he's swinging the bag of jewels above his head while he's trying to drive the bike.
1: Yeah, it looked like he was kind of doing a lasso type thing. Right.
2: Get off my bike, you dirty bird. Now to put my plan into action. Ready, Alex? I've been ready. Jackrabbit on.
1: So we command Jackrabbit on, and we have a new sound effect for Jackrabbit. Not that we've heard Jackrabbit much, but it wasn't Jackrabbit's sound.
0: Uh, I think I've heard that same sound effect before. when Something something similar.
1: But, uh, anyway, he flies out and grabs a sack from racks and says "Nice day for picking pockets hmm. and he can't, uh, here's Here's where I got a disconnect. He says he says the command again, yeah, but it returns him to thunderhawk yeah, and we've
0: never seen him do that, and this is the this is the inconsistency with the whole series where sometimes they use a voice command, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they use it twice. (laughs) And, you know, we just never got the, we just don't know exactly what Jackrabbit is capable of. So maybe he needed to say it again to go back up in the air as opposed to gliding or something, you know. That's the only thing that I could explain for why he needed to use that voice command again.
1: I don't know. I I, it kind of bugged me. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Matt applauds his task saying not even the artful Dodger could have done better. Which, whoever that is. (laughs) Uh, Switchblade transforms into jet mode and the anticlimactic part of this whole freaking episode. Rax,
2: Vanessa, Mask has the crown jewels. Let's get out of here.
1: And I'm like, duh, doesn't Rax already know this since freaking Alex (laughs) grabbed it from his hand? And then he yep. says, "Let's get out of here." What in the? Are <laughs> you? That's going to stop it all? As you grab the bag and run.
0: Yeah. I yeah. See, that was just the thing with this episode. We'll get into it a little bit later yeah. when we do our reviews. But um, it, it was a. I wouldn't say it's abnormal that he calls for the retreat a little too. Uh, what I would call premature, but I don't know. It, you know, that's just the way it is sometimes.
1: <laughs> but we're taken back to Big Ben where we see the lifter loops. I don't know how else to call them. Uh, mm-hmm. Getting the duo safely planted on the ground with Scott shouting, Hurry, Bruce! Inside, we see Bruce carefully removing the bomb's cover plate. And as the clapper begins its swing, we hear the resounding bell clangs from Big Ben ringing out. On the ground level, we see Scott and T-Bob holding each other, anticipating that big kaboom. Why did they run away?
0: (laughs) I don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, anyway, it is the duo. Uh, Yeah. Then they realize that the bells are actually ringing. They're excitedly shouting, Yay, Bruce, you got the bomb! Of course, Bruce simply walks out with the bomb like, "Eh, no sweat. Mm -hmm. To Thunderhawk, making a top gun flyby. Then landing next to the duo.
2: Scott T-Bob, you're supposed to be at the hotel. I uh, I, I was just leaving. Never mind. It's time for lunch. Huh? Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of thought that was okay. Usually he does. You know better. You shouldn't have been there. Uh, but I'm like but
0: they're in grave danger. They were there. There was a bomb there. They could have died. Uh, I guess so, yeah. Get out of there, and I would be furious. <laughs> Not a, oh, just never mind. It's time for lunch. Lunch is more important <laughs> than your lives. <laughs> anyway.
1: So, we end with, uh, we cut into to the inside of the museum where Matt says that the jeweled crown is safe in the jewel house. Alex adds that with the improved security mayhem's bird won't stand a chance at getting in again. Scott thinks that it must have been fun to be a knight. Matt says that it wasn't easy. They were carefully trained and had to study hard before receiving their armor. And of course, T-Bob has to add to the laughter of the whole Mm -hmm. episode saying,
2: No, knight school for me. I've got my own (laughs) suit, (laughs) armor.
1: And we fade out with a hearty laugh. And we fade right back up.
0: Uh, We're in a cabin with Matt cooking in the kitchen. Scott and T-Bob run up saying they can hardly wait to eat. T-Bob says he'll get it, and he grabs uh, the pan handle from the stove. Oh, it's hot! Well, it turns his whole hand red and then pretty much his whole body red for a minute as he screams, it's hot! Duh! Uh. Exactly.
1: Back
0: then, <laughs> they all had metal handles. I know. Matt douses him with some water and...
2: Never touch anything cooking on the stove, T-Bob, without using a potholder or asking someone to help you. And T-Bob
0: promising... He'll never do it again, as he knows better ways to blow off steam. And then he opens up his little lid and shoots this water cannon or whatever he has inside. And we are done with the PSA. So I'll kick it back over to you. Uh, I think we're probably on the same page as this one. But um, what did you think of the episode and what did you rate it in our one to five
1: system? They, they did decent animation to capture you. Like I said in the beginning, they they looked over the scenery, but on this half, you know, they they caught the altitude, the dizziness of that altitude. Yeah. They cut the yeah, wind. Like we got the detail of the mask holder for Alex Alex's mask. Mm-hmm. I like seeing the missile launch for Manta, even though she couldn't hit a barn. Uh, <laughs> That was the good part. <laughs> I have some tics. My tics are that there was no Spectrum Laser Command when he shoots right. laser, the laser. Calls the mask down, but he can't call it the laser.
2: Yeah.
1: The bombing of this historic... Like you mentioned, the bombing of, the, of a historical tower to stop Venom was very well out of character. The disconnect from the Ravens attacking Rax when they were, they were trained to only attack the red coats. Yeah. That double command of Jackrabbit. Venom gave up way too easily, uh, even more so than it seems to be in the past. And just plain old, I was not drawn in whatsoever by this, this episode. PSA didn't have anything to do with any yeah. episode. I'm, I went down a tick. And the only reason I'm keeping it as a three is because of the animation, but I'm, I want to go down further and that's hard for me to do, but I'm giving it a half thumbs up that the, at least the animation they caught. And that's about the only good part of the whole episode. What say you?
0: Well, I getting back to the second half of the episode, there was some decent back and forth drama there at the end was Scott and T Bob at Big Ben, and then the jewel robbery. You know they they split that up pretty well. I thought to to build some drama, and then they even built a little bit of drama there at the end when Bruce was defusing the bomb, and they weren't, weren't sure what was going to happen. And then the bell rings, and they look up, and everybody's okay. You know, so I think they did a decent job on that. Some decent mask use but probably average at best when compared to some of the other episodes and we didn't really get a full on vehicle battle. At least I would call it It was more of a chase at the end there. So that was, that was okay. And then, you know, of course, like I said, the technology I thought was way ahead of its time, which was nice. And you know, that's what you think of when you think of mask and some of the things they're capable of. Right. Um, uh, I thought that was really good, but the the plot just didn't really work for me. I mean, why do they need these birds in the first place when, you know, they can threaten them with their masks? I mean, that's always worked in the past.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, aren't their, you know, powers intimidating enough? Shooting acid or, you know, darts or whipping things around, you know, torch bombs. I mean, uh, of course, well, Dagger wasn't in this episode, but. I don't know, they've they've used their masks as weapons or threatened to use them several times. And Mayhem's no, he's not shy to uh, shoot that viper acid on a nearby statue or something, you know, while he's threatening somebody. So that just didn't sit well with me as far as the, why I need the birds in the first place. And yeah, I mean, the and the other main disconnect was Matt, purposely damaging property to stop venom. It was just all wrong. I, I don't know. And then the the jokes and the puns by the end of the episode finally did wear on me as well. And I was like, oh, please let this be over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just didn't, uh, this again, this just episode did not connect with me either ticks or uh, other thoughts, I guess. Um, I thought for sure Rex was going to crash the bike during that end battle. You know, he's crashed it so many times. Yeah, you see the birds flying, and, and he was flailing about. You know, and I was like, he's going to, he's going to get ejected off this bike pretty soon. But that didn't uh, didn't happen, and uh, of course, there's no call up either. And i I didn't want to take too much off for that, just because you know they were there and they were trying to keep the episode moving, but. It's, it, to me, the call-up is part of the show. But, it needs to be in every show. It's what um, what connects the episodes together, I think, more than anything. So not having that in there. Um, of course, the PSA didn't tie in, like you mentioned, and the voice commands were just inconsistent, as usual, with the masks. So I pulled it down to a two. I did. Yeah. I, just Just compared to... I was I was thinking about some of the epi- other episodes in this stretch and that I put those at threes. I, I just couldn't put it on the same level as even those couple of previous ones there that I rated three. I had to go lower, so uh, I landed on the two. Oh well, <laughs> I just don't. I just don't think this would be a, an episode you would want to recommend to somebody to start in on. You know, when you're, and that's the way I look at a lot of these ratings. Um, the higher the rating, the 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 more likely you would recommend this to another fan or even somebody that hasn't watched it in a while, you know, and right. this is, this is definitely one down near the bottom towards, uh, you know, Panda power and <laughs> some of those other, uh, those other episodes that I rated low, I would get way, way, way far into the series before I recommended this one. So did you see any similarities to our, movie script throughout? Because nothing came to mind to me when I was watching. Okay. Well, let's just go ahead and move on then, um, end our review, and go into the uh, results and the comments from our uh, listeners. Um, I think we got eight votes on the poll.
1: Is that what you were showing? I see nine, but that's because I voted.
0: I'm going to refresh then. (laughs) And it was pretty well spread out this time, which was essentially kind of surprising yeah. uh, given that we both, you know, you're usually the, uh, the optimist <laughs> when it comes really? to these episodes and I know you're down on this one and I was definitely down on this one, but to see, two votes for a five, two votes for a four, three threes, one two, and one one. So if you average it all out, it is kind of somewhere in the middle, uh, or actually a little above the middle.
1: Yeah, uh, just a hair
0: maybe like a three and a half or so. So I don't know. Let's uh let's dive into the comments. We've got uh I think three comments total. A couple here from the discuss comments and then uh one from the blogger comments. So the uh, Curly's wife three.
1: Yeah. I, this is, has to be hilarious. I, I love the three, three Stooges, so it has to be. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, he says, one of my, well, actually she, she says, one of my favorite episodes, wonderful animation, beautiful designs, fine English atmosphere. So Vanessa, Queen of Crows, as the Irish Morgan uh, redhead, fantastic start. Matt Tracker is appointed what? Lord? Sir? But the Queen was not to name him. Where was Elizabeth to take tea? <laughs> Her memorable acceptance speech, practically, okay, thank you, goodbye. Mm-hmm. Alex, however, applauded like crazy and, and yelled, bravo, in Italian. <laughs> but Matt, Bruce, Alex, and Scott, all dressed up, are beautiful. For the rest, nice also the, the secret passage and scenes of Big Ben, also liked the part where the computer recognized Vanessa's hair on the feather, a CSI-style scene, uh, anti-literal. At the the end, as usual, Venom uh, laboriously builds complicated plans and then is defeated in a nanosecond. (laughs) Very true.
0: Yes. Uh, Uh, Good points there. I don't know... after hearing what she said there and saying it was one of her favorite episodes, I guess maybe mainly just for the culture.
1: <laughs> be She's very, uh, being very sarcastic. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, uh, I, I believe that person is also one that has been writing some fan fiction, uh, over on, uh, uh, I think it's fanfiction.net is where I posted some of our script excerpts. Okay. Um, I get some of those when something new is posted. I get it to my RSS feed and uh, I think she's been doing some over there. I haven't had the chance to read them, but uh, no, she's a pretty big fan. Okay. And then we move on to Anna. She said, this is a very good episode. I'd love to see Vanessa as a bird trainer and her usual bickering with racks is always fun. I'll agree with that. I also liked the part when the computer recognized Vanessa's hair on the feather. In addition, I think Scott and T-Bob were used well in this episode. It was fun to watch them sneak into the secret passageway and play ghosts. And they also managed to save Big Ben by stopping the hands on the clock and laying the bomb a little so Bruce could get there in time. Finally, I liked the look on Bruce's mask when he opened the bomb and realized he only had seconds to disarm it. The only thing I couldn't understand is why Venom didn't take better care of the crown jewels by putting them inside one of their vehicles, obviously, yeah. That made it a little too easy for Mask to take them back. So, yeah, she noticed that at the end. and uh, Yeah, where Bruce, um, even when he diffused the bomb his mask seemed to almost change shape. Cause he like gave a sigh. There wasn't anything really audible that he, you know, but, uh, it was just more of a shrug. And when he did that sigh, right. The, the mask seemed to get a little skewed a, a little bit with the animation or got bigger or smaller or whatever. So I did notice a little bit something with that at the end, but I don't know. I don't don't know if I necessarily agree with it. Scott and T-Bob were used right. I mean, they were basically the stars of this episode, so uh, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know, but (laughs) 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 anyway, we get to, we got one last comment from Eric over at Cartoonopolis.
1: Right, he says, wow, what a stupid episode. Way too much Scott and T-Bob and their dumb puns. Also, why were the Ravens even necessary? Hello, guys at Venom you have masks that shoot things. You don't need those dumb birds to attack the guards. Venom's plan was just beyond idiotic. Nothing more to say about this dumb one. <laughs> and you said it very I, well, Eric. <laughs> he says it like <laughs> it <laughs> is. more, it, uh, it was, yeah that bad. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. He, yeah. he, he tells it like it is. And I mean, he usually aligns with, uh, he say, he sometimes catches things too, and so does uh, Anna. That we we yeah. don't catch in there, but when it's dumb, he doesn't hold back.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> good, though. Is it? It was. So. You were probably one of the ones that voted a one. You know, remove it from the mass library. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah. So, but we appreciate the comments. And again, if you want to comment on our uh, our next episode review. You just head on over to our site, agentsofmask.com, and look in that right hand column. And I usually post a picture, a still from the episode. You just click on that, and it'll take you right to the blog post to, uh, to interact with us. And our uh, next podcast, our next review, will be uh, taking a look at episode number 45, which is The Spectre of Captain Kid uh, Mask Foils a Plot by Venom to get their hands on the lost treasure of the pirate Captain Kidd. And if memory served me right, I meant to look this up before we went on the air, but uh, I believe we're going to get a new agent. I
1: I know it's fairly soon, but I can't remember if it's this or the next one.
0: I want to say it's this one, and it's Floyd Malloy uh, for Venom. I could be wrong. But I do know we are going to get at least him, and we are going to get to see Julio Lopez before episode 50. So I didn't didn't necessarily realize that when we first, you know, we're going through these episodes and previewing them, you know, before the, our seasons started. And right. I was really excited to find that. I was actually when I was going through the – uh the agent call-ups and I was putting that whole video together I noticed the agents were we're going to get some new agents
1: but I'm still as much as I'm I'm both anxious I'm also kind of slightly loathing the racing series coming up <laughs> well it's I mean this it's, it's not so too far well away bro I, don't know. I might actually like it now <laughs> for all I know
0: <laughs> it's not too far away we are literally 20 episodes from getting to the to the racing series uh i got 20 episodes left of the first season man that's it's eh, a little uh a little disheartening at the same time I, i'm anxious to see some new characters and such and i don't know i haven't made like like i don't remember watching the racing series as a kid so i'm hoping uh, the uh first 65 episodes and having gone through that, uh, won't, <laughs> won't weigh too heavily on my opinion. But again, it, it's going to be a whole new ball game right. when we get to the racing series and we're going to end the episode and be like, huh, <laughs> what did I just watch? Definitely that wasn't mask
1: series or rating scheme for that.
0: Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. And, um, I don't know we'll we'll just I guess find out when we get there uh, and I want to kind of savor these last 20 as much <laughs> as we can uh, because yeah it might be rough getting through those last 10
1: but it might be but I you know as much as you say you want to savor I I kind of miss our schedule despite our real lives I really miss <laughs> our from last year it seemed like we were doing one or two a, a month
0: yeah well we we do need to get back to doing that and even if we you know close out the last six or seven months of the year and do a couple of months that puts us at uh, another 14 so we're still not to the racing series yet right by the end of the year so uh, we might need a whole year to go through the racing series <laughs> <laughs> one at a time and just to get our mind straight, uh, have to take three weeks off to, (laughs) Oh, I gotta do this again. No, I I don't know. It'll be, I'm anxious for the vehicles mainly. And of course the new characters that we'll get as well in the racing series, but it's just going to be a totally different, uh, just totally different feel. So, right. I don't know. We'll see if those cool vehicles like, uh, uh, Matt's Indy car, for Goliath and the uh, the buzzard car for Miles and Maximus, uh, we'll see if those are those vehicles are enough to <laughs> overcome maybe the plot and you know some of the episode stories. But
1: right, I don't
0: know. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's coming.
1: It is, <laughs> and I'm anxious to see it. Um, but I think that just about wraps it up and closes us out. But uh, again, want to thank you for all all for patiently waiting for us to come online, come on air. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, we apologize for that, but you know, life happens, literally. But we do want to thank you, and we we really appreciate all you guys out there listening and watching. And we uh, hope to see you next time on Madcast.
2: cat